This is Six Foot Plus, the podcast of music and more for those who like it spooky. Now what is the force of Antichrist, which in these last days has the greatest appeal to the lust of the flesh? There's no doubt whatsoever. It's something called rock and roll music.
On February 4th, 1940, a child was born in the Bronx. This son of a Lithuanian-American mother and a Spanish-slash-Cuban father would change the cinematic landscape after leaving that New York City borough for the quiet town of Pittsburgh. Three years after George Andrew Romero entered the world, a boy named Williard Toby Hooper was born in Austin, Texas. Six years after Night of the Living Dead transmogrified the concept of zombies into the inescapable horde of flesh-eating terror that we know today, there was this horrifying sound howling out from deep in the heart of the Lone Star State. The unmistakable growl of a chainsaw. That terrifying drawl, that terrifying drawl sent shivers up and down the spines of all who heard it. For some fans of horror and fantastical fright, they heard not that gas-powered motor fueling nightmares of death and slaughter. No, they were captivated by the echoing roar of the king of all monsters. On New Year's Day in 1929, the world welcomed Haru Nakajima, arguably Japan's most famous actor. After beginning his career as a stuntman in some samurai movies, Nakajima would leave his mark on cinema by destroying Tokyo as he was the first and often considered the best actor to ever portray Godzilla. Originating the role in 1954's landmark film, Haru Nakajima would play the greatest kaiju of all in 12 consecutive films as well as bringing life to many other iconic monsters. George A. Romero died on July 16, 2017, following a brief but aggressive battle with lung cancer. A month later, Toby passed away in his Sherman Oaks home on August 26. Haru Nakajima, at age 88, died on August 7 after what his daughter confirmed to be a battle with pneumonia. Three men, three mortals, each pursuing their artistic leanings, their creative endeavors, change the world that we know, dear listener. To sum up their contribution to our culture in an hour would be impossible, but we'll do our best on this episode of Six Foot Plus, the show that broadcasts from the creepy side of music. You're listening to a showcase of such underground genres of music as Psychobilly, Horror Punk, Mutant Garage, Demented Surf, Eerie Electro, and whatever else we happen to dig up. Episodes new and old can be found online at sixfootplus.com, on iTunes, and wherever else you happen to find a podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, recommend, tell a friend. B 
be our friend on social media. Six Foot Plus Podcast on Instagram, Six Foot Plus on Facebook and Twitter. Number six, F-T-P-L-U-S. You can also reach out and give us a call on the Six Foot Plus deadline, 347-391-1953. Leave a request, a dedication, or a shout out, and we'll play it on the next episode. I am your host and caretaker, your friendly neighborhood gravedigger, the beast of a thousand eyes, a pair of ears, and one devilish tongue, the always delayed, slightly decayed, but never afraid, the one and thankfully only Strange Jason. Hello. Well, that was mo- well, that was more of a somber opening than what we're you're normally used to here on Six Foot Plus. This is not a time to be sad. I mean, it is a time to be sad, but we're going to try to buck up and smile through our pain. While our delayed production schedule prevented us from properly memorializing George, Toby, and Nakajima when they passed away, we're now taking this moment to thank them for all that they've done for the genres of horror, science fiction, and cinema as a whole. When it comes to our little horror music scene, the influence of these three men is undeniable. Everybody has a song about Night of the Living Dead, and most everybody does some kind of song in dedication to Godzilla. So we shall remember them by playing tracks of chainsaws, zombies, giant flying monsters, possessed homes, and so much more. You'll hear songs by The Night Shift, Savage Remains, The Hallingtons, Gina and the Grave Robbers, and many more. Monster Matt Patterson will pop up for a joke, but a naked Matilda May will devour his vitality only to spit it back out. Seems even cosmic vampires from outer space can't stomach the Monster Matt Minute. We began this show with Calibris, who haven't been on Six Foot Plus in quite a long time. Sorry about that. We heard Saturday Night of the Living Dead, followed by Jason and the Krugers' Leatherface We Love You. Calabrese is still going strong as they're going on a short tour in November, hitting up Arizona, Nevada, and two dates in California. Go to Facebook and find out all the dates and deets. Jason and the Krugers will be playing the Birth to Grave reunion show in Lafayette, Louisiana on November 3rd. Celebrate your Halloween hangover with some of the hair of the dog, aka some of the best rock and roll around by seeing them. Right now, we're going to head to Michigan to find ourselves having a cozy, intimate date with the youngest son of the Sawyer family. This entire show is dedicated to Heather Buckley, especially this next song. It's the 3D Invisibles and Dinner with Leatherface. Serving up some barbecue The next course could be you 
Hi, this is John Tottleman, co-creator of John Constantine, artist on Swamp Thing and Miracle Man, and you are listening to Six Foot Plus. The Night Shift and Crazies, following the B-movie Monsters and the Funhouse. Though George Romero will be forever linked with zombies the same way Toby Hooper will be connected with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, both men have held projects beyond their signature monsters. As mentioned in the prior episode, George directed such films as There's Always Vanilla, Season of the Witch, Monkey Shines, and the vampire movie Martin, along with the aforementioned The Crazies. In between directing the first and second Chainsaw Massacre movies, Toby directed Eaten Alive, The Fun House, the 1986 remake of Invaders from Mars, the Salem's Lot TV movie slash series, and of course, Poltergeist. 
Now, that last one is a bit controversial, as many have claimed it was Steven Spielberg, the movie's producer and screenwriter, who was really the one directing everything. I only bring this up because we need to accept everything, warts and all, about ourselves and our heroes. And this is the biggest blemish that we'll likely discuss on this episode. John Leonetti, the director of Annabelle, worked as a first assistant cameraman on the movie, and he told the Shockwaves podcast in July 2017 that it was Spielberg who was really calling all the shots. However, in the wake of Toby's death, I saw many of my horror friends point out that if you compare the way Toby shot The Fun House with the way that Poltergeist is shot, it's almost as if they're brother and sister movies. They both have a similar eye and a similar shot, so... Ultimately, and I agree, it is totally unfair and completely unjust to take away Poltergeist from Toby's legacy. So we won't. Instead, we will play Rodan by the Bambaras. Along with originating the role of Godzilla, Haru Nakajima first portrayed Rodan in the 1956 film Rodan, the Flying Monster. Though Rodan would die, quote-unquote, die in that movie, you cannot keep a good kaiju down, as he would return to team up with Godzilla in the movie Ghidorah, the Three-Headed Monster. It was in that film that Nakajima portrayed the king of all monsters, opposite a monster he brought to life for the very first time. That had to be freaky. As you think about that, let's listen to some kaijus in their own right. Here now, the Bombaras. Thank you. 
Escape from Nebula M Space Hunter by Daikaiju, a reference to Gigan, which is appropriate. Nakajima would betray Godzilla for the last time in Godzilla vs. Gigan in 1972. We must take a deeper dive into Nakajima's legacy when we do our yearly kaiju-themed episode in November. Hopefully by that time, you and I will have recovered completely from this particularly rancid and putrid installment of the Monster Mat Minute! Cool morning, maniacs! <laughs> yes, that's right. It is I, your fiend, yours truly, Monster Matt Patterson, the man of a thousand bad monster jokes hailing all the way from Matsylvania. hey And hey to you sitting in the corner of the tube, you freaky thing, you. <laughs> all right, here we go with a rancid rhyme. Uh, there's a monster sitting in my basement. He's planning on my encasement. I think I'd better avoid him and stay free, or I'll never be able to catch a concert by the band Pavement. <laughs> snaps? We got snaps for that one? Okay, you know, for you lovers on Valentine's Day, when that ever happens, I don't know, because I don't pay attention. I don't love anything other than my bad jokes. <laughs> Same should be for you, too. <clears throat> All right, the mummy can't eat chocolate hearts. It's really tricky. If he does, his band-aids get all gummy and sticky. <laughs> Ew, yuck. Roses are red, violets are ochre. The Batman's arch enemy is the frickin' Joker. <laughs> wow, who writes this crud, huh? Roses are red, violets are rotted. Why do zombies eat hippies? The meat is potted. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about another one? Roses are red, violets are marillion. How many stitches cover Frankenstein's monster and his bride? About a million. <laughs> yeah, baby, we just keep rolling on. Roses are red, violets have a hue. The wolfman broke a fang when he gnawed instead of chewed. <laughs> like Van Helsing used to say to Dracula, it's your cross to bear your fangs at. <laughs> yeah, and your final punishment, maniacs. I was going to write a body horror joke, but thought it was a little too inside. <laughs> All right, Maniacs, that's all the time I have, and my aren't you the yucky ones for that. And until next time, hopefully I'll remove the frog from my damn throat. Remember, Ouija board wishes and cadaver dreams. Bye-bye. This has been the Monster Map Minute with Monster Map Patterson. Congratulations, you've survived. For more from the Man of a Thousand Bad Monster Jokes, follow Matt on Twitter at OneMonsterMatt, number one, Monster Matt. Keep track of his convention appearances, his artwork, and his books, Ha Ha Horror and Bride of Ha Ha Horror, over at his website, hahahorror.com.
down in town to wander on Main Street. <laughs> Come to Cats Like Us for all your Halloween and retro clothes. Visit us at 67 Main Street, Tonawanda, New York, or CatsLikeUs.com. <laughs> of Chainsaw Boogies, sandwiching a creep show. El Ray and the Vincent Razorbacks gave us a pair of songs called Chainsaw Boogie. Though we all know the one by the Meteors is pretty incredible and probably the best, but I leave that up to you to decide, dear listener. We also had Gene and the Grave Robbers and their song Creep Show. 
based on the 1982 anthology movie directed by one George Romero. Speaking of Creepshow, the band, called The Creepshow, has a new album out, Death at My Door. It was released on September 15th and can be found on iTunes, Bandcamp, and wherever else you buy slash listen to music. Highly recommend it. Go pick it up. I think it was a day after finding out that George had passed away that I was hanging out with the Mighty Moloch and I said that Romero had practically invented a movie genre on his own. The Mighty Moloch agreed, saying that no one was making motorcycle-based jousting movies before Romero's 1981 flick, Night Riders. Well, uh, that bad joke aside, yes, there were zombie movies before Night of the Living Dead, but the ghouls got their... Well, flesh-eating, undead, two shots to the head makeover courtesy of Mr. Romero. Before then, they were all voodoo-based. And not terribly bloodthirsty? Look, I'm not even going to front on being a zombie expert. You can check out the archives of Mail Order Zombie. You know, listen to that podcast and get yourself an education on all things undead. In fact, there have been a million... There have been millions of words written about Romero's influence on zombies, independent filmmaking, and horror. So, I don't see any point in me saying anymore. In fact, right now, I'll shut my lip and play a trio of songs influenced by his original Dead trilogy, and kicking things off, Left for Dead.
So we had Left for Dead with Night of the Living Dead, followed by Captain Blood's Dawn of the Dead, and we finished it off with The Hallington's Day of the Dead. I believe it was the Misfits who had a song Land of the Dead to coincide with George Romero's return to the zombie genre. I saw Land of the Dead in theaters when it came out. I haven't seen it since, but I think at the time I thought it was a fine movie. It was good. It definitely had a different tone than Zack Snyder's version of Dawn of the Dead that came out a year before, which credits Romero and James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy and Slither and Troma fame as uh, writers of the script. I don't know. Perhaps the real heir to the Dead franchise is Shaun of the Dead, which came out the same year as the Dawn of the Dead remake, and if you were to put the two films to side by side, I would pick Shaun over the remake any day but that's just me. Though, let me take a moment to ask you something, dear listener. Is it a bit weird that this, a horror punk slash psychobilly slash demented surf slash whatever podcast, known for playing songs about death, destruction, and all things deranged, gets a bit somber and reflective whenever a real life tragedy or important death happens? Is it weird? I think about these things. In one breath, I'm ranting like a man-man about arms being rendered apart your bloody body as your soul is devoured by unexplainable horrors. But now I'm all, with dutiful respect, rest in peace to three people who had an incredible impact on all the things we play here, we talk about, all the things that you and I care about, I assume, if you are listening to this little podcast. There's a strange little disconnect to be all ghoulish in one breath and be, for lack of a better word, human in another. Hmm. Perhaps I can somehow negotiate this odd contradiction during the next two songs. Perhaps that'll give me some time to think. As I play a pair of surf tracks about Haru Nakajima, well sort of about him. The first one is the Invisible Surfers and Godzilla Attacks, and then we'll hear Manor Astroman's Gargantua's Last Stand, as Haru had a starring role in War of the Gargantuas. <laughs>
the mouth of the Sakai River, land, air, and sea units of the nation's defense force have gone into action in an effort to prevent the huge green monster from retreating back into the ocean, and of course to destroy him. track down old episodes of Monster Island Resort, you definitely want to listen to what Miguel has to say about War of the Gargantuas, especially since Brad Pitt seemingly credited the movie, and thus Haru Nakajima's performance as one of the two titular beasts, as inspiration to start acting. So for any of you who have ever enjoyed a Brad Pitt movie, you have Haru Nakajima to thank. A bit of a programming note, dear listener. There are four Fridays in the coming October. If all goes well, we'll have three to four episodes going up, one on each of those Fridays in part of our Halloween celebration. Now, no matter what shows we do or don't put up, because as you've noticed, I say we're going to do something and we usually don't do that, especially when it comes to our programming schedule. Regardless, Whatever shows go up, we will have our annual Halloween radio drama and music extravaganza. Hopefully you will find it as enjoyable as the last few years, as it seems we just keep getting better. If you have any requests for songs to play on this Halloween show, as we always could use an extra set of eyes and ears when it comes up to digging orange and black tracks, please tweet them at at six foot plus, call the deadline 347-391-1953 or shoot me an email contact at sixfootplus.com. Now you'd think I would have this huge mountain of songs all about Halloween, and I do. 
but you'd also be surprised that after six years of this show, we burn through our supplies rather quickly. Plus, we try to play songs from people who are currently performing and ones that aren't so well known. I think we've played the Monster Mash maybe once or twice in our entire six-year existence. And considering it's been 210 episodes, that's a feat. <laughs> ah, yes. But as here we are, past the halfway mark in September, and about to go headfirst into the October country, I definitely... Well, I've already started searching for songs for Halloween. In fact, I'm searching for some right now as I speak. I have this crate full of records right in front of me. So as I continue my crate digging and my ditch digging, here now is Schizo and their track Poltergeist.
Dredge Remains, Polterguy, following Dead Pleasures and Salem's Lot. If you want to call it a TV movie or a miniseries, it doesn't matter. Toby Hooper was behind the camera either way. And either way, we're out of here. It's the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed yourself, to an extent, since this was a memorial of sorts. We'll be back soon, so be sure to subscribe and you won't miss out. Haruo Nakajima, George A. Romero, and Toby Hooper, rest in peace. Thank you for everything. You will be missed, but you will never be forgotten. It's a bit late to bring up this point since we're already one foot out the door, but here we go, dear listener. Godzilla films and horror flicks, like those done by George Romero and Toby Hooper, are punk. They're metal. They're rebellious. They're off the beaten path. These movies broadcast on the frequency picked up by freaks, geeks, punks, losers, goths, dorks, and otherwise mutant monster kids looking for some kind of guiding light or homing signal, some encouraging sound. We know this, you and I, dear listener, that a punk girl watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time and loving how scared she feels at that very end as she watches Leatherface whirl his chainsaw around in the sun of the Texas morning, we know that feeling is right, that it's legitimate, that it's authentic. It is as positive as any feeling someone gets when they enjoy a picnic on a sunny summer afternoon. These movies helped weirdos get comfortable in their own skin. They are important today as they were back then, when they were key in helping the once underground movements find their footing. These movements have now become part of the mainstream zeitgeist. You can hear the Ramones Blitzkrieg bop on every single commercial out there, but know that the Ramones also sang about Texas Chainsaw Massacre on their very first album. And because of that, we'll end this show with the Moans doing their tribute to their semi-namesakes as we take a moment to remember and enjoy all that George, Toby, and Nakajima did. Be sad if you feel like being sad, dear listener. But also, let us be glad that we existed in the same moment as those three people did. It's a bit positive for a horror punk psychobilly podcast, but let's go with it. (laughs) Speaking of going, we must be leaving. And until next time, dear listener, stay creepy. Stay strange. I am now chopping off Phyllis's head with a chainsaw.
Six Foot Plus, episode 209. Chainsaw, Zombies, and Kaiju. Rest in peace. This has been Six Foot Plus, a GBL 16 production. The show's theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira. Havala, Ivan. Urban Graveyard Lounge music provided by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Monster Matt Patterson of the Monster Matt Minute can be found online at hahahorror.com. For more of Craig Chaos, subscribe to Uncommon Interests, found online at uncommoninterests.libsyn.com. To find out more about the music featured on this episode of Six Foot Plus, as well as all past episodes, head over to sixfootplus.com.